I remember to hit record. Very good. It's already starting out well. Hey, Amy. Hey, Anth. Do you remember what we said last week we were going to be talking about this week? Amazingly, I do remember. What was it? Reconciliation. Very good. Yay, I passed that one. Hey, Amy. Yes, Anth. What was the message that we heard in church today about? Reconciliation. I was paying attention. Very good. (laughs) I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and this week we'll be talking about reconciliation. Reconciliation. Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio with your hosts, Anthony and Amy Russo. Grace and Peace Radio is a weekly Christian podcast where together we'll discuss how we can apply God's word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Wow, we didn't even plan that. We didn't. I love that. That that sounded great. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of quick stories I want to share to lead us into this topic of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. About a decade ago, as you know, but for the sake of the listeners, I'm setting the scene here. About a decade ago, I did some work for a fella. And long story short, there was a bit of a falling out about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it was really kind of strange how it all went down. And I I got this email and it it didn't really make any sense to me at the time. And there was no way to go back and address it. No. Fast forward 10 years and come to find out that somebody I know happened to be doing some work with the same fellow than I knew. Right. So this was really strange that our paths had crossed in this way again. Mm -hmm. Then last March, when I went to, had the opportunity for the first time to go to a shepherd's conference. Right. That guy was there. Mm -hmm. I remember we were both shocked. Right. Well, I I knew going into it, he was going to be there, Mm -hmm. but there was this idea of how's this going to go. Right. And because I was, I was hurt by the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. As was I. Right. And so the long and short of it is I went up to him and we chatted and everything. And then later on, I went up to him again and I said, you may not remember me, but blah, blah, blah. And I, told the Mm -hmm. story. And I said, if there's anything I did that I need to repent for and ask your forgiveness for, I just want you to know that I'm sorry. And I ask your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And if there is anything specifically that comes to mind, let me know. Right. And I'll, I'll repent for it. And he was stunned. He was stunned because he had no idea. Mm hmm about everything that had happened. He didn't remember how it all went down or anything like that. None, none of it. None That's of it. That's what was, yeah, it was stunning. Right. But out of that came reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Because we we hashed it out and it was just a couple of minutes. It wasn't a big, long conversation. Nope. Not no, Nothing dramatic. Mm-hmm. And yet we covered everything and, and he was gracious, very gracious. And he even said, you know, well, if... If there's something I did, I don't remember, 
but I'll take your word for it. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And so there was forgiveness there. There was reconciliation right there in the parking lot under this big tent there in Shepherd's Conference after some, like I said, 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So that was a really neat story of reconciliation. Later on in the year, I had an opportunity of reconciliation with two other people. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into the details on that one, but that was about 15 years of, eh, almost 15 years of not talking to these people. Right. And by God's grace, it was a really neat opportunity for reconciliation. It was. Yep. And so, and we've, we've talked ever since. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really neat. So I mentioned those to start us off with some encouragement that reconciliation is possible. It is. It is. And it can be, not it can be, it is sweet. It is. It is. Today, we're going to be talking about reconciliation. We're going to be talking about the term reconciliation, defining it. We're going to end up doing this in two parts. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about when reconciliation is possible today. Right, in this episode. Mm -hmm. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about what do you do when it's not possible. Mm -hmm. Because there are those cases. Absolutely. You know, the Bible says a lot about reconciliation. Mm -hmm. After all, it's a book about reconciliation. From the first word. Exactly. You know, it is the story of God reconciling sinful humanity to himself. Right. When we talk about reconciliation, obviously we're talking about bringing peace, bringing unity where that unity, that that peace has been broken. Mm-hmm. And where there was strife. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I looked up the word in the Greek. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you can get an interesting little insight into the word in the original Greek in the New Testament. And it just kind of gives it a, a little bit of a different coloring that you don't quite catch in our English Bibles. Right. That we, happens. Yeah. It happens every once in a while. Mm-hmm. We saw that last week, in fact, when we looked at cheerfulness. Yes. And well, that was an eye opener. Right. So this week I looked up the word reconcile, reconciliation. And you know what it means? Actually, if you go back into the original Greek. No idea. Truly, I don't. Mm-hmm. It means to reconcile. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You know how those Greeks just nuance everything. That's right. Know? That's right. <laughs> so, That's good. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes what you get out of it is simply the word that it is. That it is. It does have this connotation, though, of exchanging, like exchanging mm-hmm. currency. So there is this okay. colorization there of of that, which is which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. This idea that you're taking one currency, say the currency of disunity, of bitterness, of anger, anger, animosity, resentment, mm-hmm, and you're going to the currency counter and getting new currency. You're exchanging it for new currency. I actually like that of unity. that illustration. Mm-hmm. So there is, there, there is some colorization there yes. of that, you know, but that's really what reconciliation is. And we're not going to look at every single Bible verse about this. We're not going to read every single Bible verse. I'll give them 
You can look them up later. Uh, But God definitely encourages us towards reconciliation. For one thing, there's Matthew 5, 9. There's Matthew 5, 24. There's Luke 12, 58. If I can read my own handwriting. (laughs) That's what I'm just going to laugh about. I got to admit, people... (laughs) I'm recording this now. I don't even know if there is a Luke 12, 58, because no, I can't even read my great. handwriting. I, that so let's might see. be a 58. It might be in the Anthony Russo version. Yes. There is. There is a Luke 12, 58. There you go. <laughs> Romans 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 13. So when we're thinking of reconciliation, it's on two planes. It's this vertical God and man mm-hmm. plane. And then there's also this horizontal man to man or person to person or however you want to. Right. The main thing as we think about reconciliation is especially as Christians, the fuel for our reconciliation, the power where it comes from is from our reconciliation first with God. And knowing the enormity of what needed to be reconciled. Exactly. The cross is the eternal reminder of reconciliation by God, Mm -hmm. reconciling us to himself. Now, some verses about this, and again, we're not going to look at these in depth. Romans 5, 10 and 11. So write those down. Romans 5, 10 and 11. And I'll put these in the show notes. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20, or 18 through 20, I'm sorry. Ephesians 2, 16. And then the one we will take a look at, we'll we'll take a look at one of these. Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 20 through 22. But I'm going to read 19 through 22. Correct. Just Just to to give give us the context. Right. And of course, in in Colossians 1, of course, in Colossians 1, the context there is the supremacy of Christ Mm -hmm. and in God's reconciling us to himself. So go ahead and read for us 19 through 22. And this is uh, just today just happens to be in the NIV. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. In that, we get we get a taste of what those other verses are referring to mm-hmm. in that reconciliation that God did in bringing us to himself. And I wanted us to briefly think about, go back and read verse 22, would you? Mm-hmm. But now, as he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Just a kind of a, parenthetical thought here Mm -hmm. for 
you listeners, if you're, if you're in Christ today, if you're born again, all of us who are born again, that's us in that verse. We are, as Paul says to the Colossians, holy. We are holy in God's sight, number one, without blemish, number two, and number three, free from accusation. So again, it's just kind of a parenthetical gospel thought, but I was just reading that in preparation Mm -hmm. for the show, and I thought, Lord, thank you. Oh, absolutely. We cannot take lightly the idea of without blemish and free from accusation. Right. This is the reconciliation that God has done for you, listener, if you're in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I hope that you celebrate that today. I hope you pause this and thank the Lord Mm -hmm. and give him praise for, for what he did. Let it sink in. Right. It's out of that reality that then we have the spirit, we have the grace, we have the power and the desire. Right to pursue reconciliation, not only with God when we sin. Mm -hmm. Which is first and foremost. Right. But also on our horizontal plane with one another, Mm -hmm. whether they're Christian or not Christian. Right. So the gospel is the fuel for us to love and pursue reconciliation with others. And it delights and glorifies God when we do. Yes, it does. And I think in some ways, especially when this does occur between us and non-believers, because I have had instances where I've asked for forgiveness for something that I've done, you know, a quick word or whatnot, and the person has been almost shocked that I asked, you know, that I I acknowledged it and that I asked. Right. It is amazing when we go to unbelievers— and we desire reconciliation, and, and we do it in this biblical way, and we mm-hmm. repent, humble ourselves and repent. And, you know, again, it doesn't always work. No. No, it does not. But it's still powerful. hmm Because of God in Christ, also, let me read to you 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, All this is from God. And the all this, obviously, is the previous verses. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Paul is saying that God has made him, has given him a ministry of reconciliation. But at the same time, God has given us as Christians this ministry of reconciliation, Mm -hmm. of getting the gospel out there, of letting people know that they have a duty to seek reconciliation with God and to be reconciled with their creator. Mm -hmm. So we're reconciled to God. God then gives us this ministry of reconciliation to further the gospel. And also we have this 
ministry of reconciliation really also on this horizontal level again with one another. Yes. As an example, you know, that because of what Christ has done for us, we are that example. Right. A related way of thinking about this, as I was putting the show notes together and thinking about it, is peacemaking. Mm-hmm. Reconciliation really is peacemaking. It is. And there again, that's where I brought up Matthew 5, 9 earlier and 24. Those are just two verses where the Lord commands reconciliation, com- you know, commands peacemaking. Mm-hmm. Then also in James 3.18, really there's a, a blessing in peacemaking. Peacemakers, this is James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. What an amazing word picture to think about, a harvest of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So when we think of reconciliation, we think of peacemaking. Well, actually, let me let me go back. I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew. I said I wasn't going to, but I'm going to go ahead and read just Matthew 5, 9, I and think, 24. Yeah, I think that's important just for, for context for those who maybe it's not coming to them immediately. Mm-hmm. So five nine, right? You and twenty four. Yeah, uh, you read five nine. I'll read five twenty four. Okay. Matthew five nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And then Matthew five twenty four. This is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount again and murder. In five twenty four, the Lord says. Therefore, if you are, and I'm starting in verse 23, therefore, if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Now, we'll also talk about that next week when we talk about when reconciliation is not possible. Mm -hmm. Because here Jesus is saying if your brother has something against you, correct. Go. Yes. Well, what happens if you go and he doesn't want to reconcile? Right. So again, we'll talk about that more mm-hmm. next week. But those are just two verses where the Lord enjoins us to reconcile. Right. The thing about reconciliation is that it requires humility. And that can be a tough one. Mm-hmm. That can be a tough one based on our human nature. Mm-hmm. Our, sure. Our willfulness, our tendency toward willfulness and pride. Yeah, it's so contrary to our nature to humble ourselves to God or to anyone else. Right. I know myself, I would rather just stew on it. Mm-hmm. Hide myself away like Adam and Eve did mm-hmm. and run from God than stand before God and be reconciled. Right. And the same with other people. I'd rather not talk to that person, get them out of my life, than actually reconcile. Mm-hmm. We'll dig in our heels and mm-hmm. I was right. I have no reason to mm-hmm. to ask forgiveness. Right. Now, sometimes there's a natural... Not wanting to deal with confrontation. 
That is true. If you're the offended one, the other person doesn't even know they offended you. Mm-hmm. There's that. Sometimes it's sometimes you, you really do just turn the other cheek and just let it go. That is true too. Yep. You know, the Lord also encourages us to do that mm-hmm. where you don't even have to tell the other person, hey, you offended me. You just say, well, Lord, I'm sure I've said a caustic word mm-hmm. to them at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to let it go. So there are, you know, there are times to to bring it up and there are times not to. To just work it through your heart and mm-hmm. feel that there's no need to. Mm-hmm. So when is it right to bring it up? When is it not? There's no hard and fast mm-hmm. rule. You know, mm-hmm. it's really how the spirit leads you. So repentance requires humility. It requires humility really on, again, on both sides, uh, at least as far as, you know, person to person. Right. Uh, because there's a humility in going to that person and saying, you know, I repent please forgive me for offending you. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a humility in the other person to receive that and to let go of their anger and their grudge and their hurt feelings and so on mm-hmm. and work to do their part to restore unity. Yeah, to not be, if someone comes to me asking for my forgiveness, to be Christ-like, there is a humility that needs to be there so that I am not of a, haughty nature um, or have an attitude of, yeah, well, I was right. Mm-hmm. See? Right. Kind of thing. Yep. So it requires humility. It requires repentance and it requires forgiveness. Repentance on one side, forgiveness on the other. Yes. And then maybe both end up repenting mm-hmm. That's and both true end too. up forgiving. Like in the case of the fella at Shepherd's Conference last year. Mm-hmm. There was repentance on both sides and forgiveness on both Mm -hmm. sides. Well, and sometimes even though, let's just say, you know, I was the person wronged, you know, it was, Mm -hmm. and it was an offense to me in whatever nature, it's very possible that I need to ask forgiveness on, on my reaction to it because I may have reacted in less than a Christ-like manner to where I do need to ask forgiveness for that. Which actually, that brings up something else that I, I've been meaning to talk to you about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, people. <laughs> but actually, that does bring up a point. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is not going where you think it's going. Trust me. I, I rarely have a, a <laughs> path in mind for where you're going. <laughs> Fair enough. Guilty as charged. I'm going to take a minute here. I want to speak to the men listening, single men or married men. Here's the thing. In a marriage relationship, or if you're dating on on the path to marriage, men, it's our responsibility to seek to maintain unity in the home. It's our responsibility to humble ourselves and to repent and to foster, even foster bringing out repentance in our wife, if in fact she is the one who sinned and did the thing that caused the offense. And men, I'm telling you from experience, it can sometimes be really, really difficult. And it will be a battle of 
against the flesh. It will be a spiritual warfare. It may be something that is, it can take hours Mm -hmm. to wrestle through. And you will, you will be Jonah. You will run the opposite direction. And if you could get on a ship and go the opposite direction, you would. But here's the thing. Take it from me, just like Jonah, God will swallow you up in some fish and let you just think about it until you humble yourself before God, you repent before God, and you go and seek forgiveness from your wife. It's our responsibility, guys, to be the leaders in the home. It's our responsibility to model Christ. It's our responsibility to foster that unity and repentance. Just a few words to the guys. Okay. Ladies, you can come back in the room. (laughs) There you go. So we're going to wrap up today. We're going to wrap up talking about defining reconciliation, talking about, we've talked about God and man, we've talked person to person. We've talked about the requirements of reconciliation, the humility, repentance, forgiveness, talked about men in the home. There's one other aspect, and this is really kind of setting us up for the next episode. Mm -hmm. Reconciliation, it's not always possible. Reconciliation must never come at the expense of truth. Correct. If we're sacrificing truth to achieve some kind of reconciliation with someone, then that reconciliation is not worth it. No, it's a lie. Right. For example, reconciling with false teachers, mm-hmm. reconciling with unbelievers where you have to compromise the gospel, compromise something that God says is an absolute no compromise right. doctrine or position. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the world, whatever the world says, you know, at some point you have to say, look, I cannot reconcile with this because of I am a Christian and then leave the results to God. The same is true also with sinning Christians. Mm -hmm. If a Christian is in sin, you can't compromise the truth to reconcile with a sinning Christian. Exactly. For example, the the offending one in the first in the Corinthian church in first Corinthians, you can't tell him this sexual behavior. We're just going to overlook it. Right. You can't sacrifice truth just to have him reconciled to the church mm-hmm. with the ites, with a false sense of unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead, actually the most loving thing you can do is exactly what Paul says, turn him over to Satan. Mm-hmm. But that's another story. Uh, you know, there are there are stories of reconciliation in the Bible, which we haven't even talked about. There's Jacob and Esau. Right. There's, we'll talk about one next week, Jacob and Laban. Yes. Yeah, that one tends to not get spoken right. about. Yep, but that's definitely a, a situation where, yeah, there's no reconciliation mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Joseph and his brothers. 
Joseph and his brothers, that's a story of reconciliation. Another one that we don't often think about, and it was really strange as we read it in the scriptures, Herod and Pilate. I know. You mentioned that. I thought, oh, yeah. Yep. That the Lord in his trial eventually affected reconciliation between those Mm -hmm. two. Mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling because they're still two evil people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. two wicked wicked individuals, but there was reconciliation. Yeah. Paul and Barnabas. Mm Mm-hmm. Paul and Paul and uh, Demas, not Demas. I'm sorry. Paul and Mark. Mm-hmm. Yep. Later on, yep. in, in Paul's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, Philemon and Onesimus. Right. In Philippians chapter four, Euodia and Syntyche. Which is why I'm letting you say that because I never say their names right. <laughs> so that was on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and men. You take the lead to pronounce the hard biblical name. Yes, exactly. That, that's in the, the biblical marriage that's contract. Right. <laughs> you know, in Third John, John has some harsh words for diatrophies. Very. And there was no reconciliation there. And John was not about to acquiesce to diatrophies and mm-hmm. give up the truth. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't going to happen. And there was Paul with the silversmith, whose name I... Yeah, Al- Alexander... Yeah, Coppersmith. Coppersmith, right. Uh, Yep, Alexander the Coppersmith, who did me much harm. Did him much harm, Mm -hmm. and there was no reconciliation there either. Nope. So these are just some of the biblical examples of Mm -hmm. reconciliation when it's possible, when it's not possible. So like we said, next time we're going to talk about when reconciliation is not possible. And how we're supposed to handle that Mm -hmm. and work through that. As followers of Christ. Right. So we'd encourage you this week, think about this, pray about it, look up Mm -hmm. some of these Bible verses, meditate on them, and ask the Lord, Lord, how can I foster reconciliation with someone that maybe you're you're speaking to me about? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone I should be fostering reconciliation with? Exactly. And also, Lord, teach me to be quick to reconcile when when possible right reconcile with you reconcile with those around me Mm -hmm. and that's sanctification as well as as we learn to recognize our anger and our offense and more quickly turn toward reconciliation and and taking care of the problem uh, instead of just sitting on it or ignoring it or running away from it right So that's reconciliation when it's possible. Yes. And next week, like I said, reconciliation when not possible. Until next time. Until next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thank you. And have a great week. God bless you. God bless you. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you'll join us next time as we spend time in God's Word, looking at how we can grow in our knowledge of Him, our love for Him, and our service to Him. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash graceandpeaceradio. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.